Tom and Mike. Young Thomas. Hurricane Michael, his devastation knows no end. I didn't know I had it in me, big guy. Yeah, I always knew you were a big blowhard. Good morning to you. Hey, Thomas. Yes. You like mushrooms? Oh, that's a loaded question. Loaded in more ways than one. No, not those types of mushrooms. The type that are edible and not hallucinatory. Those are the kind that I like. You know what I like? I want to tell you, I like a pizza with just tons and tons of of mushrooms. That's my favorite pizza. And onions, right? No. No onions? onions? No. What made you think? In the condiment race at the ballpark, I'm never, never, ever pulling for onion. No. Well, the reason I bring up mushrooms is because researchers at John Hopkins, you know, that's one of the greatest hospitals we have in the country. They're petitioning the FDA to classify hallucinogenic mushrooms, hello there, as grade four drugs so people can use it for medical uses, because they're saying what we've known for many years, that it helps people with anxiety and depression. How about that, Thomas? I'm starting to relax already. I took mushrooms once, Thomas. You did? You can't be hallucinogens. Take it from me. I am Napoleon. You know, they knew about this for years, about how hallucinogen mushrooms could help people with mental problems, but they stopped it because the hippies took it over in the 60s and they thought it was a bad time to bring it up because they thought that just more people would use it. Who's they? You know, scientists and doctors and researchers. Oh. Right? I didn't know that it had been studied all the way back in the day. Yeah. All the way back in the hippie days, huh? Yep. <laughs> you don't remember those days, do you? No, before my time. Boy, I tell you, from what I've read, I'd have loved to have been in that time. Free love. Come on. How about that? Yeah, you're such a hippie. Deep down, I know you are. Could grow your hair down to your shoulders. You never did that, did you? Never. But I did have the man bun. You did? <laughs> That's what one Karen over, wasn't it? The man bun. <laughs> All right. Enough of that nonsense. Tom and Mike. Do you ever go on the internet and look at nude celebrities? Never. Well, that's a big problem these days because... Wait a minute. You ask me, I'm going to ask you. Yeah, Have you? Well, no. Yes, re- no, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, let me tell you what I'm talking about. A bunch of celebrities, female, are getting together and they're trying to talk to social media companies because what's happening is, Thomas, these celebrities, these women, at one time in their careers, they pose nude, whether they did it for money, whether they did it for you know ego or whatever. And now hackers over the last couple of years have been getting in to their, their nude pictures and they're showing the world they're nude, they're nude, they're nude, Thomas. What do you think about that? Well, you put yourself out there like that. That's what happens, right? You know, the amount of nude celebrity photos on the internet is shocking, but it's also shocking how fast you can go through all of them, isn't it? <laughs> you would know, right? Oh, buddy. <laughs> as soon as I get off the phone, it's 24-7. Woo! What celebrity would you like to see nude more than anybody? Wow, I've never really thought about that. Come on, I know you have. When you lay down, put your head to the pillow before you fall asleep. Gee, no, I, I haven't. How about well, you? Well, something must be wrong with my computer because the only nude photos I see are Louis Anderson. Oh, the horror, Thomas. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And what's he doing taking nude pictures of himself, right? I don't know, but that's disgusting. Oh, Thomas, okay. He's Mamba Baskets. <laughs> Tom and Mike. When's the last time you've been to New York City? It's been a while. Has it? Yeah. And, and when you go, do you ever get down in the subway? Yes. Well, you don't want to go there anymore because, my friend, they just did a study and they found out that the rats in New York City aren't just rats anymore. They're getting up to 20, 22 inches long and up to three pounds, Thomas. Well, that's nothing compared to what they have out there on the Hudson River. 
<laughs> Seriously, those rats are bigger than dogs. When they talk about rats, are they sure these aren't the suits guys on, in Wall Street? The suits guys? The city that never sleeps. Now you know why. <laughs> right? I've never been a rank Yankees fan, but don't you think that should be their official mascot, the rat? I like it. Yeah. The Rankies. I'll tell you one thing. After hearing this study, Thomas, whenever I go to New York City, I know you like to go to restaurants. You never want to order the ratatouille. The ratatouille. That's right, baby. You never want to get that. Maybe the mayor can start taxing people by the number of rats they have in their house. Yeah. How would you ever know that, though? Well, you can put inspectors in there coming and do a rat thing. A rat thing? Matter of fact, we just had a guy come today or yesterday. You got rats in your house? No, not rats. We got little teeny ants. (laughs) <laughs> I'm swear to God, I've never seen smaller ants, but they're all over the place. You got to call somebody for those? Well. Why don't you just get the raid out? We tried. It doesn't do it. And you know what? These ants are so small. They're not a really a pain in the ass, but there are just so many of them. And he said, it's happening. And I said, climate change. And he nodded his head. Yes, Thomas. You want to hear something crazy? I'd like to. You know it would take care of those ants right away. I got the perfect cure. What is it? Some of those three pound rats. <laughs> <laughs> do they eat ants? They eat everything. Come on, man. You know, they had a picture the other day of a rat in New York City. It was actually dragging a trash bag full of trash. That's how big they are. Yes, I swear to God. He's a city worker now. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You don't have rats where you are, do you? No, we're rat free. But you know what? We have the next best thing. We have these little chipmunks that run around all over the place, all through my landscaping, around the pool. And they're so cute. They're not cute. They Trust are me. cute. When you're laying out by the pool and you go to pick up your towel and there's a chipmunk running across the towel, it, it's a little scary. Well, we have them too, where I live, and they're cute. But they You like do- chipmunks? Well, they're little rodents. That's what they are. They don't do damage like the squirrels do. So we have these pool toys, you know, when kids come over, we throw them in the pool. Right. And I noticed just recently there's a pool toy at the bottom of the pool. So I put my diving mask on and I go down to pick it up and I'm getting right up on top of it. And you know what it was? What? A a real dead? (laughs) It was a dead chipmunk that looked just like a pool toy. It just, it looked just like a pool toy. It was sort of like animated. Like, had his arms open <laughs> like a toy, and it was dead. And I got about three inches away. I'm ready to pick it up, and I go, ah! Tom and Mike. Oh, I love my studies sometimes, Thomas. It's just full of studies on the, when I do this research for this wonderful program that we do, because I try and bring a little bit of something every day to the people, don't you think? And you do bring a little bit of a something. A little bit, just a little bit. Well, they say, researchers now say, that exercise this is for all you people out there who are depressed. God knows there's things that make us depressed. Especially if you're listening to this show. Right. But if you want to fight depression, get off your ass and exercise. Right? Right. I mean, that's common sense, isn't it? It is. You know, it's easy to say that, Thomas, but the thought of getting up off the couch is what makes people depressed. <laughs> right? You know, I was depressed one time, Thomas. I know it's hard to believe, but I once put myself in a health club. I worked out there five days a week with tons of hot women. Not one would go out with me. Talk about getting depressed, Thomas. Yeah. You know, the hardest thing about exercise is discipline, right? Right. You can be just full of pee and vinegar. You're ready to go out there, get into it, do your thing, and you stay on the wagon for a little bit, and then you fall off. Right. Why is that? Well, on the converse side of that is you start exercising, 
and you look in the mirror and you've noticed you've lost four or five, six pounds, the motivation kicks in and it makes you want to keep doing it. But you're right. It's discipline. And, you know, I just don't understand. How, how long so- does it take before it becomes routine? I don't know. I mean, it depends on how hard you want to live a good long life and be healthy. I'm talking about exercise. How long do you have to do it consistently until it becomes routine? Well, you know, there's new research on that. Now they're saying that if you do really intense, really, really intense, like if you ever ride a stationary bike and go bat out of hell crazy for about five minutes, that's all you need. I feel, and other people feel that if you get at least 35, 40 minutes, four or five times a week, You've done your thing. So when it comes to exercise, less is more, maybe. I just think it's a combination of getting out there and moving your body every day and eating the right foods and getting enough sleep. Those three things. And don't forget your wine, right, Thomas? No. Don't ever forget that wine. I'm giving it up. You told me recently it was going to kill me. You know, I got my wife. That's why I'm depressed now. I got my (laughs) wife. That's why I need to exercise. (laughs) It's so much easier just to do something like you know, drink a glass of wine and live longer. But no, you want me to go and exercise exercise 35 minutes a day. What's the matter with you? You know, I wish I could exercise more, but the grinding noise that my knees make hurts my ears, Thomas. Tom and Mike. Have you ever grown a beard in your life? Actually, I've got a scrub right now. They call it the scruff look. Well, do you know beards are in back and they're now in again? Oh, yeah, everybody's got them. It's disgusting. But I never had a beard, but I do have the scruff look. And well, women find that sexy for whatever They do. Yeah. You know, beards were so popular that men would have to say to women, excuse me, madam, my eyes are up here. Do you remember that? <laughs> no. I'm a little prejudiced towards beards. I never had one. I say never trust a man with facial hair because they look like they're trying to hide something. Usually a fat face, right, pal? <laughs> That's right. There's three reasons why you have a beard. One, you're an intention seeker. Two, you're covering a scar or acne. Or three, laziness. That's what it is, Thomas, laziness. See Letterman these days? Gosh, he looks like Methuselah. And yeah, John Stewart has one too. I don't know. Is that the way to go? Too old. They look ancient. Moses had one, didn't he? You're clean-faced, aren't you? Yeah, clean, baby. I shave that baby. It is a pain in the ass, though. Do you shave? Do you shave? Do you shave every day? I don't shave that baby. No, no, I don't shave that. You know what I do? Every three days, I take an electric razor and I just go over my scruff. That's what I do. Right. That's my that's my moral hygiene of the morning tip. One day I'm going to try that. I want to grow a beard for like four or five days. And how do you keep it like that length? Every third day, like I say, I take the electric razor and I just go over it. And wow. It looks good. I think maybe you should post that picture of you to our listeners who can watch that. They want to see me shaving? Right. I don't think so. Tom and Mike. You know the Me Too movement, right? Well aware. Okay. It might not be having as much effect as you think because they just did an article in Cosmo magazine and they interviewed a bunch of women. And do you know that women still say when they walk down the street like in a big city and there's construction workers having their lunch, they still hear cat calls. Seriously? Yes. It's not only scary, they say it's dehumanizing, makes them feel really small, Thomas. I feel bad for women. I've never done that. Have you ever cat called? Never. You know, it's funny because women like confident men. They really hate being men really confident because that's what takes a confident man doing that, doesn't it? You know what I say about that? What? Me too. And guys, if you're thinking about doing a cat call, you shouldn't be doing it. But if you're thinking about doing, the safest way to do it is from a car with it moving and the window up. Right, Thomas? (laughs) And doors locked. Just to be on the safe side. And here's what I tell women who feel this way. Ladies, one day, there'll come a day when it doesn't happen anymore. So for now, 
Just give him the finger and keep walking. How about that, pal? You've never catcalled, have you? Never. You've never been on a construction site, have you? Never did a day's work in my life. What are you talking about? Tom and Mike.